Welcome to the Recycle Podcast, where we discuss everyday issues from a mental health perspective. We are your hosts, Dr. Rashonda Strickland, Dr. LaFanya Jones-Hines, and Dr. Nichelle Wall. Now don't get it twisted. We're not going to be your stereotypical therapist. What we will be is informative, down to earth, a little spicy, and vulnerable. All right, interns, turn up your volume, grab your pen and paper. It's supervision time. As a reminder, this podcast is not meant to take the place of a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to session 95, Holy and Horny. The mood music is brought to us by Tamla Man featuring David Mann, and it is heaven. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was just laughing. (laughs) If y'all only knew the amount of technical difficulties we are having here, you would understand. So I had to clear that little tear from my eye. (laughs) It's just sad. We just try to do right. We're trying um, to be great out here in these streets. It won't let us. No, not at all. Was working fine till we got ready to record, but we're going to record today. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So as you, as Dr. Wall has already uh, introduced, we are talking about holy and horny. And I don't think it's uh, a definition for this. I think it's. (laughs) It is (laughs) what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Y'all know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially y'all who've been waiting on this uh, session. Y'all know. Because you're nasty. (laughs) That's all right. In a good way. All right. So my question is is to the ladies and the interns. I need y'all to make sure y'all go in on the comments and tell us what your answer is. Does horniness mean you are not holy? Off the cuff? No. (laughs) So Why? that's my unqualified answer. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean unqualified? Like I'm not explaining it. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Gotcha. Because I was just getting ready to ask you to explain that. Okay. okay. Like that's my like, that's it. No. Okay. But my qualified answer is still no, um, because that is an innate human function mm-hmm. um to have a a sexual drive and desire yes so i mean that is the literal reason our species is continuing mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. with that no okay that, that's my response yeah i agree my answer is no and no uh we physiologically are going to have responses now what you do with your mind and how you choose to formulate your arousal and all that that's when I think things can get a little dicey and that's not something that the church explains so people think you know something is wrong with them because they're having a natural response period you don't even have to be thinking about anything and your body can go into that that response yeah agree and I agree so I agree with both of you ladies. <laughs> <laughs> and so my answer is no and no. I would also add to what the lady said. God gave us emotions. He gave us physical desires. But with our emotions, he said, 
we can have emotions, but don't sin in our emotions. Mm -hmm. So that means that we can feel this, but it's what, like Dr. Wall was saying, it's what you do with it that's going to make it sin or not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with, with me saying sin, don't think that if you respond to your physical desire that you're automatically damned to hell. However, we're not going to advocate <laughs> for you to do either. That's not our job to do. You have to determine mm-hmm. what type of relationship you want to have and what you decide to do. That's completely up to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so that, that's I, not the nature of our podcast. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, we're we're not wagging fingers and Bible thumping anyone. Oh, no. And we're not here to shame anyone. Well, no, because at the end of the day, we are still flawed beings, whether Mm -hmm. we are flawed in sin or just flawed by nature. Mm -hmm. So everyone has made decisions that they go back and look at. And, you know, I could have done things a little Mm -hmm. bit differently. You know, I I wish I would have, could have, should have, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think literally every person on the planet at some point has said one of those versions. Yes. And I don't even think that even in a sexual way that that's an unhealthy thing to have said, mm-hmm. because you can always look back and like, dang, that probably wasn't the wisest mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the healthiest decision for me at the time. Yeah. It felt good at the time. But if I could, with the knowledge that I have now, go mm-hmm. back and do some things differently, mm-hmm. I would. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily um, a bad thing. Yeah. yeah you, you know, the, the thing when I was doing my research for this, I was wondering, like, why do people focus or I guess church focus so much on sex um, being a sin like it's the ultimate sin because it's not like there's no rating scale of sins gossiping is a sin uh uh your behavior that comes out of anger is a sin you know it's just it's, there are many di- different sins and so we tend to magnify sex which mm-hmm. makes people uncomfortable with their sexuality, exploring sex, period, even when they get married. Like we, we've yeah. had clients on, and people that we talked to before about even after they get married, like how to come into the, the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, I think, and I don't think this is the end all be all, but one of those reasons is this is, it's such a secret action mm-hmm. you know it's something that's done you know quote unquote behind closed doors you know we don't generally you know see people on the street you know just having you know sexual relations versus gossiping or you know other types of behaviors mm-hmm. you can do those very publicly and nobody would uh know be none the wiser you know mm-hmm. this is such a private act i think it's easier to put morality on it and Mm -hmm. shame it because it's not a public thing. And I can put my own spin and my own belief system on what I think you're doing. And that part right there gets on my last nerve. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I just think it makes it easier to judge. Mm -hmm. I also think you focus on what you can't have. Mm. So because these rules have been made up and I'm not talking about biblical i'm mm-hmm. talking about you know all the things that you were taught in church about sex or the things rather you're not taught in sex about church that it puts you in this place of restriction and 
I don't know about y'all. When I go on a diet, I'm like, I want the Oreos. Mm-hmm. I want the pizza. I want all Hadn't the things. Thinking that, about them no, at all. Don't even normally eat the things. Mm-hmm. But it's like as soon as you say I can't have it, the it's like unforbidden fruit. Exactly. So I think it's partly that, and then I also think that we're not properly educated about things. So there is a curiosity that is there that definitely should not be killed or anything, but we have to learn how to foster that in a healthy way. It just us as a whole, especially here in the States, because that's where we live. We don't really communicate effectively about sex. I mean, how many of our clients are we educating at they old, they, they old big age? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. all um so i think that's another component of that mm-hmm. absolutely and i think when people are single holy and horny i think they can't decipher what it is that they really want mm. like are you wanting intimacy and what kind of intimacy are you wanting mm-hmm. are you wanting companionship are you wanting closeness are you wanting you know sexual healing you know <laughs> <laughs> somebody to lay hands on you okay so i think people have to understand what it is that they're needing in that moment because it's not always sexual mm-hmm. absolutely yeah I agree with that. So do you guys see then kind of given that uh, scenario, a difference in holy and horny married, holy and horny single now, unfortunately, what's your question again? (laughs) Do you see a difference? So you were saying that, you know, a single person, do they understand and know what it is that they're actually desiring Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how to go about addressing that issue? Versus if we're strictly going from a biblical sense as a married couple, we are generally and technically have free reign, Mm -hmm. but because of some of the confines that we have internally, are we actually free to explore and, you know, understand? So do you see similarities like between people that struggle when they're single and then people that struggle when they're married? Is it the same type of struggle, a different type of struggle? Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of where I was going. So I would say there is still a struggle. I think it's a different kind of struggle. I think when there's when people are single, the struggle is, of course, you know, what type abstaining. of yeah, abstaining and what type of intimacy they probably don't even pay attention to what type of intimacy mm-hmm. they are looking for. And so, like you said, abstaining when you're married, I think it's I've, especially if you've been celibate, like. I've waited so long, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, mm-hmm. how I'm supposed to perform. I don't know what I like. And especially if you ha- have been intimate before and then mm-hmm. you became celibate, it's like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what to do. And and then depending on how rooted you are in the church, it's like, I feel dirty if, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. other things happen, kinks orals anything and that's gotcha. that stuff doesn't change just because you signed a piece of paper and you walk back and forth right. down the aisle like the education needs to be the education you gotta think like back in the day like people the women folk the men folk they would mm-hmm. take the person that's about to get married and they would discuss things they would you, you know go into detail about how things are going to happen what goes where things that you can try out like who do that now it, it the church don't 
They like you should be pure until your wedding day and then you should be busting it wide open. And I don't know how you make a conversion from one second <laughs> right. to the next. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Who am I supposed to be? It's like bewitched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wish mm-hmm. it was that simple. Like I, yeah. I think I've said this before. I have a couple uh, who have not consummated their marriage and they've been married for six years. Mm. Oh, wow. That's, because that's of tough. the fear mm-hmm. and the guilt and all of those things. And then on top of that, you know, the individual does not feel like their husband knows what they're doing mm. and she does not want to hurt his feelings. Yeah. And I think that just kind of thinking about that mm-hmm. scenario, um, that lack of education that you guys were kind of talking about mm-hmm. the fear of having those conversations yeah. and the shame that's around those types of conversations. It keeps people unsure of what is okay. Lack of understanding of what actually happens to your body and what arousal feels like. What's the difference between arousal and desire? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it keeps people from being able to, even explore. Mm-hmm. And I would even add to your list physical attraction because Absolutely. obviously because we are um observers mm-hmm. and we are very physical we tend to only put things on physical not realizing like if you love this person there's something else that can arouse you about mm-hmm. this person mm-hmm. because you love them it doesn't have to be because you're physically and phys- physically attracted to them like oh my god that 12 pack well it goes back <laughs> well, to what we ta- I know. <laughs> we talked about with uh sexual mm-hmm. and sensual oh, uh yeah. mm-hmm. you know also with performance versus yep. pleasure like when i i'm gonna be honest the people who be struggling the most sexually is Christians or faith-based people, Mm -hmm. people who have become free. They don't have those same limitations. They're like, let me figure this thing out. And it ain't that they out here doing nothing kinky or anything like that, but it's. But even if they are, that's fine. No, no, no. I'm saying like for anybody that might be thinking, Oh, they Mm -hmm. out here doing the most, but no, they could be having just missionary, but they like, I know what I like mm-hmm. about this position. Mm-hmm. So with the the faith-based people that I have counseled in this area, what I find hard is that they don't know the anatomy of themselves or their partner. So if you don't know the anatomy, you don't know why things do what they do. There is no understanding of foreplay. So it's just like, you should be able to take this and that's on both sides. Mm-hmm. And it should be immediately ready. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's that's mm-hmm. not how these things work. That's not the way the Lord intended it to be. And then they don't know, um, not know, but they're not able to overcome how they feel about uh, oral sex. They're not able to overcome uh too many different types of positions because they're like, that's of the of the devil. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. So, so like, your whole book. So your dog is demonic, too. right? <laughs> dedicated, <laughs> yes, to different positions people can be in. Yes, yeah. some are you know better for you to get pregnant, or if you've had some type of ailment. Like, I'm sorry if if your husband mm-hmm. 
weighs a significant amount more than you and has an ailment, you're not going to be able to do that missionary. Mm-hmm. He, he won't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you going to do then? Y'all just going to have a sexless marriage? Because some people do choose that. Right. Absolutely. Right. And then you married in horny. Because <laughs> that's a... Yes. And don't even give me right. that's that's a different that's a topic. different topic. Well that's why I was asking, like <laughs> yeah. what is the difference between a sing you know, what do y'all see as the difference as a single person that is wanting desire and a married person that's wanting desire because a lot of people believe that well you married you have a person right there so right. it should just be you know on and popping on and popping all the time but it's like no, no it does like it's not that simple it's not right. that cut and dry you're not well educated in sex before you get married more than likely you're not going to be well educated in it after you get married don't try to come in here acting like you got a doctorate in this thing and you ain't study for kindergarten and just because you have multiple <laughs> you've had multiple partners doesn't mean that you're well educated no because you ain't you you ain't had this right <laughs> right you still have to learn the person that you're married to yeah, yeah. i just said this to somebody the other day mm-hmm. it's so funny that y'all just said mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. It, it's just weird to me i think sometimes of course our egos get in the way of that um i don't want to be seen as less than of a man or less than a woman why mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. said why do you have to know everything yeah like you don't want to have fun and learn right. oh so we i got to be serious when i have sex <laughs> i i can't Some people believe that though. they yeah, do they do or that it's purely for procreation purposes mm-hmm. that yes. you know that's the only reason that you would ever take your clothes off in front of somebody else and it's like no yeah like one hmm. what i have always struggled with understanding um is that it's designed to be pleasurable Mm -hmm. but people have a hard time really understanding that it is pleasurable because we've been bible thumped into thinking it's nasty it's bad you shouldn't do it like we get those those statements without getting an explanation yeah because i'm like where and you know i'm not necessarily the most religious person so i don't know the bible really at all but like where does it say that in the bible it don't it it does like, have it, a lot of scriptures on fornication but, but not, it's not that it's bad not or it's demonizing. nasty yeah there you go like there's a whole song of solomon mm-hmm. and and it's so beautiful. of love it's, and mm-hmm. it's, and getting it yeah getting it in mm-hmm. you know what i mean i took a whole bible course at abilene christian university on sex <laughs> i mean because so no because people exist so obviously mm-hmm. back in those days people was doing the do so that's why i've <laughs> always wondered like where like where did that thought actually come from that it's nasty that it's wrong that it's you know i get you know the fornication the fornication part, part that it you know they want it preserved for a marriage mm-hmm. but how did that end up getting translated to shaming people yeah people want to do- be shamed so bad <laughs> like i was watching something it was probably on the tick of tops and they were going into detail about why we have Easter hmm. and come to find out <clears throat> um, Easter is originally a pagan, mm-hmm. uh, which now we that, know that yeah, part. That part mm-hmm. I knew. Cause it originally celebrated spring equinox. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who is a spring baby, you know, that is when things bloom. Mm-hmm. So Aries it was gang gang. 
<laughs> it was the celebration mm-hmm. of spring, nature, and fertility. And so because Rome, you know, who they was the ones popping back then and taking people's stuff, um, the emperor or whoever, I can't think of what his name was, he decided that he no longer wanted to follow the pagan uh-huh. rituals. He wanted to change them into Christianity. Uh-huh. Cool for him. But everybody else wasn't on board with that. Uh-huh. But he's a dictator, so you're going to get on board. So he kept the rituals, but he just change some of the symbols so mm. when you think about the reason why we have the easter bunny uh, bunnies, bunnies multiply are quickly super fertile and Come the egg represents fertility like mm-hmm. all of these things that we be getting down on mm-hmm. be having meaning meaning that don't have nothing to do with this book yeah and it's important to know all your history so you can know why you do the things that you do yeah, and that's why I will keep saying this. <laughs> my father has always told mm-hmm. me to read my Bible for myself and gather an understanding. And if I don't, ask him. Yeah, because some of the things that we're taught, some of the things mm-hmm. that we're told, will shame us and put us in a corner, and we don't know how to interact with anybody. Yeah in any kind of way because I you know I hate to say this because I love church and of course I love God Jesus and the Holy Spirit with all my heart but I think the church has done more damage than of course the Bible has described it to do the Bible has not described it to to do any damage Mm -hmm. but the way we have interpreted the Bible and taught through our own interpretations, it is ruining people. I mean, think about the crusades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and we all know based off of history that whoever wins the war gets to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So we know how bad the crusades are and mm-hmm. they won. Mm-hmm. So imagine how much worse they probably were. Mm-hmm. And oh, y'all yeah. killed in God's name and he didn't ask y'all to do that. Yeah. Like you're supposed to teach. That's it. And then you allow the person to decide what they want to do. That's all you're supposed to do is and, teach. And that's what I'm like. What what y'all teaching in Bible school? <laughs> like y'all not like even if the if the pastor don't want to go over the pulpit and talk about sex, that's all right. Cool, we got you. But Bible Bible school, Bible study, mm. vocational Bible school. You know, I think you make a valid point there because I don't think it's actually other than when people. that I've heard talk about homosexuality Mm -hmm. um, and fornication specifically. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think it comes from the pulpit. I think it comes from from the the congregation. It does. Like there, I'm not going to say his name because I I didn't ask permission, but he has actually been having me come in and speak to their congregation about sexuality and um, masculinity, femininity, you know, things like that. That is the first time I've ever seen that. And I've been in church my whole life, mm-hmm. you know? It needs to be more of that. Yeah. Like, you can't just tell people not to have sex. But why? Right. <laughs> I want to know why. Like, why? Because my hormones. My hormones say something different. They yeah. said, hey, uh, puberty has been hit. Yeah. Right. And then you want me to pray. Pray for pray what, though? And what am I supposed to? no action steps. Right. Like, what am I supposed to pray about? You want me to pray that God take this away from me? But I'm supposed to have it. What's going to happen when I get married? 
Like, I don't want him to take it away. Bring it back. Right. Run it back, yeah. Lord. <laughs> what was y'all's sex education like as kiddos? Like, from parents or school? Anything. Uh, hmm. And I don't mean like experience wise, because that's mm-hmm. always going to be weird. But I mean like actual <laughs> education. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like definitely um, education wise, like whether it's from school, family, church, whoever. So I know I didn't get any from church. So, mm-hmm. um, but I did not get any from my parents verbally. Okay. Um, now they're probably not going to remember it this way, <laughs> <laughs> but they, I, um, they let me watch a video, mm. um, and it was a cartoon and it went through and, um, you know, like the husband and the wife get okay. married, um, you know, they fall in love, they have sex, she gets pregnant and this is the birth process. Okay. So okay. that was kind of really my only, from my parents. Better than most. Um, <laughs> and then other things. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but from school, it was very textbooky. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, here's this. This Egg is a, the, yeah. Oh, this is the, this the, is mm-hmm. this. This is this. Mm-hmm. This goes here. This goes there. Mm-hmm. This is your cycle. This is your cycle. Yeah. And this these are the diseases you can get. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and, that, and that's that what it. I got right there from school. Um, and that did not come from school in the states. That was when I was oh, overseas. Mm. Um. Yeah, so, you got more than we got. Yeah. Because ours is really just fear based in mm-hmm. the States. Yeah. So I SCDs. didn't, I got very textbooky. So I didn't get any fear based. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also didn't get anything that explored like anything beyond function. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you? So I would say, mom, I didn't get, I got half of a talk <laughs> once I came on my, started my monthly. Okay. Um, and then that's it was when my mom was like, Okay, so now at this point, if anything happens sexually, you can get pregnant. Okay. So I think as far as I remember, that's what I got. Okay, what about church? Not that don't have sex. Okay. It was the okay. Bible thumping. <laughs> Keep your purity. Okay. You need to stay holy. Okay. Okay. If you go to sex, you I mean have sex before marriage, you're going to hell. Fire and brimstone. Okay. Okay. Mm. Uh, so, so obviously, y'all already know I'm the eyeball out. Mm. <laughs> but uh, because of my mom's trauma, she was very um, detailed, instrumental in teaching me anatomy and letting me have my nicknames for the body part as well as what they were actually called. Uh, there was like no shame in how she taught me about my body as well as about uh you know male genitalia and things of that nature and i think for me personally because she was so open and she educated me on that i didn't have a desire to go and have sex mm-hmm. you know that wasn't really in my mind at all um i wasn't trying to be intimate with nobody till i was grown like grown mm-hmm. grown um so that wasn't really something that came up now what i will say is going back to the previous session i think a lot of people because my mom was a single parent they assumed that i was going to follow follow Mm -hmm. and be out there and stuff like that but little did they know my mom had been in a committed relationship with both of our fathers for years before something popped off so it wasn't like what they were thinking it was Mm -hmm. so um what did church teach church 
our church had this program called Ladies in Waiting. Mm. And I don't know what it taught because I was not allowed to participate in it. Why? Their reasoning was because I was too young, but there was an individual that was younger than me in it. So Hmm. I just think I was not ever a part of the inner circle of uh, kids of the church. So I wasn't allowed to participate in it, which is so ironic because I always knew that this was going to be the field that I went into and mm-hmm. because I, I wanted to help people not go through what my mama went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, later, I ch- began to mentor like some of the women in church, some of the young women, excuse me, in church. But I had to do that on my own time because I was not allowed to be like a youth counselor. Mm-hmm. I was not allowed to like do any of that stuff. So all the young ladies that I took up under my wings, they got educated. Mm-hmm. The other ones, I don't know what they know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but That's I was not allowed to participate in that. And um, so from my understanding about what ladies in waiting is, it talks about waiting. It talks about becoming a good wife and things of that nature. I don't remember anything being taught like that to the boys mm-hmm. um, because I feel like in church, women are taught to be great wives and mothers and women, but boys don't know how to do anything but like give communion and uh, count money. But see, you know, one of the things that I I have a I was wondering about the statistics. Something you just said is mm-hmm. women. I always hear women talk about being celibate. I rarely hear men talk about being celibate because it's not cool outside of church. And then I think sometimes, and this is on men and women, I think sometimes they say they are these things, but they actually are not, but they are keeping up the front. But then there are other people that I know who go and do the whole test, not test, the exam to make sure that you're still a virgin and then you present that piece of paper to I your husband. I was like, y'all do know what? it's just your I wish somebody and, would, honey. Yes. And that's not even real. I mean, I know a hymen, <laughs> yes. a hymen is real. However, testing for virginity with that is not No, because real. there are people there who are, have had full penetrative sex and they still have an uh, intact hymen. And there are people who have never had sex whose hymen is not there. Mm-hmm. It never was there. Or they fell on a bike and broke it. Rode a horse and did something. Oh, that hurt. That burned me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just think because it goes back to that. They don't understand anatomy. Right. Like nobody's body is the same. And then my thing is, well, how you tell if the boy a virgin? Right. Do you look at it real long? Like, mm. It's crooked. Mm-mm, you ain't like what? Right. <laughs> How do you tell that? Because yeah, you virginity can't. like it's a penetrative social. sex is not the only form of sex. Like we didn't go into mm-hmm. detail about this when we talked about sex because it, it wasn't the mm-hmm. topic. But oral sex is sex. Mm-hmm. Digital sex is sex. Mm-hmm. Like finger mm-hmm. that's digital y'all fingers not numbers digital. <laughs> i mean if you want to do that you can if, if you like math you know a bunch of number magnets at, <laughs> magnets at you yeah it's like there's so many different forms of that and i know I, there was an article a while back that talked about people who have not had penile 
to vaginal canal sex, but they've had anal sex. Mm. They have had oral sex. You see that a lot in teenagers. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I'm still pure. No, you not. Mm -hmm. If we going off of what sex is. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just, to me, it's just the idea of pure. What, what? You ain't had sex. You out here being yeah. a trash person, but you pure. That's what, see. That's what my it's question. the language. Yeah, uh-huh. the words that we use to describe yes. these activities. You know, using words like pure, untainted. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, nasty, bad, yeah. dirty. But it only applies to women. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it don't apply to men. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Now, of course, men, come on, give us some comments. Yes, yeah. Tell us because because it's know. just us three women, but I do have about seven brothers, and they didn't get the same. Um, yeah, it, it makes me <laughs> curious. You know, I, I think this is definitely going to spark conversation because I I would be interested mm-hmm. to know what men are taught. Yeah, like yeah. what my husband learned mm-hmm. about. Yeah, because he grew up in church. He grew up in church, um, and his parents are both still very mm-hmm. devout and active um, in that lifestyle. So I would be interested and he has an older sister so Mm. i'd be interested to know what he learned Mm -hmm. whether it was his parents actually had a conversation with him or he learned it from his peers yeah he learned it from you know watching videos and did they use the same language right purity with his sister versus what they used with him yeah i just for me personally and i have not birthed any children but i have taken care of a lot of people's babies when i educate them about sex I use the same terms. I educate them as if they are human, not as if they are boy and girl, because I feel like everybody needs to know everything about both. Mm -hmm. I think boys need to understand a menstrual cycle. I think girls need to understand how a boy reaches climax and all these other types of things. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you giving this real half a piece of have a piece of mm-hmm. uh you know sex ed like a i don't own, mm-hmm. i don't even understand that and then you know why do you use such harsh language yes to, it's very violent yeah is and it, it makes you really feel like man i'm going to that's why people can't relax but i'm going to <laughs> hell tense. i know like i'm going man. to hell because you look fine and i'm saying you look fine i'm thinking that you fine as hell and damn I'm, i mean I'm about to go to hell. That, that too, I'm about to be damned. I uh, know. Because that's what it, that's what the word means. Exactly. Damn. And, and for men, especially, you know, clients who have come in saying, hey, my wife is frigid or she's a prude or she don't get down like that or I can't just walk up and do this to her. I want you to think about her upbringing. Yeah. Who told her she could let loose? Yeah. Who told her she could be free and sexual and sensual? I guarantee it went to church. Yeah. No. Because people don't understand how to educate and nurture sensuality and still educate about waiting till you find your person. You know, you can do both. Mm hmm. Yeah. You can. And I think it when you're single and Christian or believe in God, you have to determine what kind of relationship you want with God. If you want a relationship where you have this a different type of connection, then you need mm-hmm. to read your word to figure out how to get that connection with him or spirit. So that way, if you are in church and you're being damned to hell, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can be that's not my Bible didn't say that sex 
or fornication is nasty. It just said not to not to indulge in it. Like I can pray and ask God, okay, so what do I need to do, God? Because right now, you know, I'm feeling a little little itchy. I'm I'm itching. You know, and I would even, and I know this is. Again, I'm not the most religious person and I don't know the Bible like that. But even if my thought is the Bible says don't indulge. So when I think of the word indulge, my brain doesn't tell me don't do. Mm. It tells me don't do excess. Mm-hmm. Well, even with Mary at the well, she was living with another man that was not her husband. Jesus said to her, go and sin no more. He he didn't whack his finger at her. He didn't say he didn't say nothing else. Go and sin no more. That sin could have because he, he could have probably counted on all his fingers and toes and created some more fingers and toes to count <laughs> of how many sins she was probably engaging in while living with these different men. Mm-hmm. But he didn't say don't go fornicate. He said go and sin no more. That could have been don't go live with don't live with them no more. Don't fornicate. It could have meant anything. Mm-hmm. True. But we put our own spin on stuff when we need to make sure we read the scripture for the context. <clears throat> no, that that didn't <laughs> the context. For the context. Uh, <laughs> we got your back. <laughs> that was a spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I feel um it's important to recontextually. I think you have to have an understanding of what's going on. You know, there's tons of scripture that do talk about intimacy and sexuality and uh, things of that nature. And, you know, you know, the scripture that's coming up and I can't think of the exact scripture uh, verse and chapter. And it talks about um, it's better to marry than to burn and different things like that. But I think you also have to realize like, the burning that they're talking about was like this intense, like mm-hmm. obsession, not with sexuality. No, <laughs> it just, I think first Corinthians seven, nine, it said, it? Mm-hmm. it says, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. If you can't control yourself and then you need to marry someone that's compatible because mm-hmm. if you marry someone who is the prude you still gonna be burning mm-hmm. uh i know somebody that married uh for that reason mm. you know that they thought okay well because i want to engage in these activities mm-hmm. then i'm going to marry this person mm-hmm. and you know, it turned out not to be Mm-mm. a healthy relationship. And of course this person ended up divorcing them. But, um, you know, I, at the time that made sense to them, mm-hmm. you know, that it, because I don't want to live in, in sin. in sin, you know, let me do quote unquote the right thing. Yeah. But um, th- there still has to be that education. Yeah. So if y'all are going to abide by that, cool. Like people get married for a multitude mm-hmm. of reasons. They don't just have to be for love. It can mm-hmm. be for convenience. Yeah. But did y'all get some education before y'all walk down this aisle? Like y'all still dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like y'all yeah. still are ignorant to your body, yeah. your partner's body, techniques, um, sensations, like, if he only know how to do it one way, how does he learn how to do it better? Are you able to be vocal? Like 
that don't change. Like I said before, just because you walk back and forth down the aisle and signed a piece of paper, like you still are the same person who does not have the knowledge to have great, intimate, soul stirring sex. Yeah. I think, you know, if if the church is going to be responsible for telling people not to have sex, I mm-hmm. think they need to have the sex education for single people of, you know, staying um Abstaining. Yeah, mm-hmm. abstaining and teaching and talking about why and talking about how. Mm-hmm. And it got to be more than just pray. Mm-hmm. And then I think they should have another class for newlyweds mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to talk about how to transition. Transition. Like that's you were hard. Saying, yeah. It's like, I don't even like you like that in the morning. Stop talking to me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, when I took that class at ACU, I cannot remember what it was called because I took three classes there, but this particular class um, was taught by Eddie Parrish. So shout out to Eddie Parrish, wherever he is. Um, But they had a couple come and this couple um, was a one. I think the woman was Caucasian and the man, I think he might've been Indian or something like that. But they talked about how they didn't even get to have sex on their wedding night because she was so fearful. Mm -hmm. And then he was large. Mm -hmm. So they had to do a lot of foreplay. They had to like initiate sex in stages because Mm -hmm. if she's never had any type of sex and you're going to put that in her, that ain't going to work out. And then she's going to be scared Mm -hmm. the whole marriage. Mm -hmm. So they talked about their process. Like, those are the type of talks that yes. need to be going on and yeah i can think of so many women that i went to school with especially when you go to christian schools um who had horrible f- first years years of sex because they were like i was a virgin nobody taught me anything it was one of the most painful things i went through because if you do have an experience it can be almost as painful as child Mm-hmm. bearing mm-hmm. you know labor sometimes i've heard mm-hmm. from them and you also have to think a lot of women have gone through some sort of sexual trauma yes so yeah. if their first involuntary Chosen. experience mm-hmm. was uh aggressive and forced then of course their voluntary experience mm-hmm. is not going to be mm, comfortable yeah yeah and then there's also this stigma in um faith-based couples that you should not add anything to your sexual experience and that I've means that. lubricant toys what now if you don't want to use toys or whatever cool but as a sexual health professional i'm gonna need you to use some lubricant because that you get older that yeah. abrasiveness of rubbing is on, only going to create infections mm-hmm. it's only going to create um tears in the vaginal canal and on uh the shaft of the penis like and then y'all gonna go go a couple of days without getting it or uh, it's gonna be some other stuff right well that's what i would add um you know you said uh, one for singles one for Mm -hmm. newlyweds and i would also say one for people that have been married for yeah an uh, extended amount of time yeah because your you know your sexuality is going to change at different stages of your yeah after you yeah you know you've been with somebody for 10 15 years 
50. What, you know, 50, <laughs> know, right? you have children, your body is now, you're in menopause, or mm-hmm. now you're exp- experiencing the equivalent of whatever that is for men, mm-hmm. you know, and your idea of that changes. Yep. Yeah. So if you're still, you know, very faith, faith-based, but you're not talking about those changes mm-hmm. as you go, you're going to have a very long life of despair. And I would even add yeah. another one. For married couple, for divorced couples and widows and widowers, because you're used to having it available. And now, like, I got to go back, Mm -hmm. you know, so because, you know, when you've been married and either you're divorced Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. widow or widower, like you may have explored a lot and opened yourself up to a lot. And now it's gone. gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. I agree with all of that. I just it really breaks my heart if if y'all are supposed to be the chosen people of God depending on whatever your faith is it doesn't matter um and then you having the most horrible horriblest that's not a word but I'm gonna use it (laughs) um sex or intimacy like y'all don't even talk from a place of intimacy you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like it's it's just trash like my bestie say it's dumpster juice (laughs) I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's dumpster. It just it breaks my heart a little bit. So what do y'all go ahead? What you guys mm-hmm. say? Not go ahead. What do y'all think? Single. So we'll just stick with single <laughs> for right now. What do y'all think single people who are holy and horny should do? I, go ahead. Well, I think part of what you said in the beginning. You know, what is it that you're truly needing? Is it a physical release? Is it that you want to be connected, mm-hmm. you know, and you're looking for more emotional intimacy because you are feeling alone? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one of the first things to do is really figure out what's the source of what mm-hmm. I'm feeling. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it goes back to the education of uh, your body, how things function, because uh, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean like if you have knowledge over thing a lot of times it's not going to affect you the same way as if you are ignorant about what's going on like i know people who can you know get themselves out of a lot of sexual type of situations just because they have knowledge over what's happening to their body. Like, Oh, I'm headed into my ovulation time. So I need to make sure I do this. Let me make sure I set up, you know, um, a home girl time and we can go out to brunch. Like, because they know what's happening to themselves, they can eliminate, eliminate, excuse me, a lot of the temptation that they are going through if they are choosing to stay abstinent or, you know, whatever the situation is. Um, I would also say there needs to be, the church needs to open mm-hmm. up yeah, and needs to be real mm-hmm. and yeah. stop Allow being fake. people to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't want it to be a completely open forum, that's fine. You know, you can have a men's class where you bring in someone who's well versed in those things, whether it's a woman or a man, it don't really matter because they're going to be well versed in those things and also do the same thing for women. Like my mom 
with a lot of those young girls and my girl cousins and things like that, we would have what she called women auxiliary meetings <laughs> where we would come and we would get to ask any questions we want to ask, talk about any experiences we uh, had experienced. No shame. You're not going to get in trouble. Like I've never heard that happen anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my home girls that, grew up in a church with me shout out to my homegirl gabby um they got to have some of their first talks but that's also sad to me because you didn't get to do that with your own mom and you didn't get to do that with other people who are important to you in you know the church yeah especially when you grow up like black people grow up in church when you grow up in church you you go together <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. not go together you a whole family unit yeah you know everybody everything and so it's just like i feel like you're hiding in plain sight mm-hmm. i can see that so i would definitely add to these ladies because i definitely agree with you um but i would also add to pray i don't know why people don't pray to god and ask him how because like it ain't like god can't handle it he can, ha- he can handle all of our stuff, you know? And you can just talk to him. And you, and you can talk to him and ask him like, okay, God, so right now this is what's going on with me. So what do I need to do in this moment to help me get through this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he may put it on your mind to call Dr. Wall. Mm-hmm. And it may not be uh, for anything specific. It may not be for you mm-hmm. to even talk about that. But he may put somebody's name across your head and be like, that that's your answer. If you get that, hey, call Dr. Wall. Yeah, call, cause then, cause then you can expose to Doctor Wall what you what's going on with you. Have mm-hmm. an accountability partner so that yeah, um, it when you are going through these moments, you got her, got Doctor Wall and be like, hey, you know what? Let's go, let's go have some coffee. Let's go Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Let's go mm-hmm. shopping. Let's you know mm-hmm. well, what you do. Well, I'll come over. Mm-hmm. You know, let's cook or something you know to distract you um i would also say if you're going if your goal is to be celibate and you're dating if that's your goal then you gotta have some boundaries yes and put that out there up front yes Yes. so that they can decide thank you let them know hey it's not gonna be spending a night spinning a night no it's it's after a certain time right (laughs) i'm gonna be honest with y'all so when i was dating because y'all know i don't date when i was dating and i was being like abstaining or whatever i would be like i'm trying to protect you from me okay (laughs) i would definitely be like you can't be over here after this time don't touch me in this way i ain't gonna touch you in this way and i would always have i don't know what's wrong with men but they would always be like no I I would never do that. I said, it ain't about you. (laughs) It's about what I'm going to do to you. And so I'm trying to protect you Mm -hmm. from me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, I don't know why men think. That it's only them. (laughs) Right. I I know. (laughs) What'd you say? Strawberry. Marcus. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have any (laughs) buttons. Shout out to Boomerang. Right. So you do need to know where your limit is. If that means, hey, we just hold hands. Uh, be in, in the public. middle of us yeah. not don't put your hand on my leg i'm not gonna put my hand on your leg if we don't be in no dark space like you really have to know mm-hmm. what you can take and don't be pushing the envelope <laughs> yeah don't be walking around <laughs> if you're gonna be in private don't be walking around with them little bitty booty shorts on don't do that don't tempt yourself don't tempt yourself and don't tempt him because he gonna he gonna touch he gonna want to touch and you gonna touch right 
And I would suggest <laughs> don't even be in private. If you know, especially during, because all of us have our peaks. Mm-hmm. And so when you are at your peak and it's like, girl, if I, if I don't get a piece, I'm going to explode. Don't have your boo at your house. Mm-mm. Don't, don't do it. And men, same thing. Cause I want to say cryotherapy. Yes, that would work. That, Hashtag yep. not sponsored for any yes. of this. <laughs> but I yeah. think goes back to that knowledge if you know what's going on with your True. body you can prevent a lot of things because mm-hmm. the creator is cold-blooded mm-hmm. the fact that you can be around your home girls and y'all can all change each other's cycles the yep. fact that the pheromones that you shoot out attracts men to you mm-hmm. that's real like yeah. there is mm-hmm. science on that yeah. so the fact that you think you're gonna be able to get away with tempting yourself you'd be like mm-hmm. man musk <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> What is that? That's a man must. It's like, you are very strong scented, sir. Mm-hmm. No, not funky. We're not talking about no. oh, your no. armpits smell like hamburger meat. We're not talking about not that. Hamburger? Or we onions. Talk, or onions. <laughs> We're talking about like your natural scent that comes yeah. out. Like you're scenting the air. Mm-hmm. Like we can't naturally smell it, but the attraction will come there. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. When it's time. Yeah, because you smell it. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's speaking of science. Yes. Uh, there is science that even um, that your partner mm-hmm. looks different yes. to you um, when you're ovulating. Like, come so, on, neuro nerd. Yeah. So we tend to when you're ovulating, you tend to like a much more and I can't remember if it's more masculine, traditionally mm-hmm. masculine look. Um because that's more desirable yes, that's for, um, you know, procreation. Mm-hmm. And when you're not ovulating, you tend, to, you tend to prefer a much more feminine yes. uh, look. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if your partner's looking a little meaty. <laughs> <laughs> married or otherwise. Married or otherwise, you know, because if you are out here fornicating, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> there's there's some research behind that. Like, mm-hmm. you're looking it a little is. brawny out here. Mm-hmm your shoulders how come your stomach you is find flat you, like yeah, that you, you find yourself like staring flat stomachs okay. like chocolate drop. looking <laughs> like what is going on here how come i can see more ripples <laughs> but that's, that's pheromones but, but that's mm-hmm. a, a prime example of like when men are like well, why she be looking at me like mm-hmm. that i'm holding myself back <laughs> like Hmm. it's all in here it's the movie yeah Yeah. the movie in here you have to stop yourself but that that just goes to say like i don't know anybody that's been taught that in the church right how how you don't know about your anatomy (laughs) like you don't even know what it looked like yeah every every yeah every woman and man that i have ever counseled has never like looked at their genitalia that came from a faith base you know mm-hmm. religion or whatever mm-hmm. like they don't know what it looked like mm-hmm. i mean you know men can see things but i'm like have you ever lifted mm-hmm. stuff up and seen how it's connected or how no mm-hmm. it's just it's outside my body i see it all the time oh do you mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. okay no you don't stop lying and women you better get you a handheld mirror yes and learn because mm-hmm. everything do not look the same no. right. on each person it does not look like your textbook. Oh, no. 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 Lots so I, of learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say my final thoughts um, for the interns is 
know the relationship that you want with God. And if you are fornicating and you feel shame and you feel guilt, that's not a way, a way to live. So one of two things have to happen. Pray, figure out how you can live a celibate life or get more educated through your Bible and through sex education. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So y'all know we always end off with a quote. But this one's going to be a little bit different this time. <laughs> so our quote is coming from the Holy Bible. Second Corinthians 5 verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So, okay, interns, process your notes. Be sure to catch us next session and find us on all major platforms at The Recycled Podcast. If you're a new intern, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are shifting and reshaping our psyche through healing conversations and connections, one discussion at a time.